Hello and welcome to TXF FitZone Financing International Trade Risky Business Podcast. I'm Catherine Morton, Head of Trade, Treasury and Risk at TXF. And I'm talking to Rebecca Harding, who's CEO of Coriolis Technologies. Rebecca, tell me a little bit about the big picture. What's the biggest changes we've seen since we last spoke at the beginning of the year? When we spoke at the beginning of the year, what we were seeing was a tightening of um, tensions around particular regime types. Um, We were seeing increased trade in um, sectors that were associated with corruption, but also associated um, with arms as well, particularly in Central America. Um, And obviously, since then, what we've had is the Venezuela crisis. Um, we've, We've had growing trade tensions around the world and we've had um we've had some conflict in africa as well so we've we've seen a a realization if you like of some of the things that we predicted last time around i guess that's good it shows the predictions are correct um unfortunately of course that has consequences for trade and trade finance around the world Maybe you could pick up on some of those uh, big themes in terms of uh, perhaps the obviously the biggest nexus being us china I think the US-China trade dispute is likely to go on for a long time. What we've seen is um, a... a, a suspension of the trade agreements between the US and China at the moment. They've agreed over the weekend of uh, the end of June at the G20 talks to start talking again. Um, But what has happened is that this has had quite a serious effect on imports um, into the US from China um, in the sectors where um, there are tariffs. So we've seen quite a major drop in the number of imports into the US in that sector. So we are beginning to see um, some um, economic effects and trade effects coming from uh, that trade war and trade tension that's between those two countries. I think the likely um, scenario at the end of the day for US-China is going to be um, a, a almost a stalemate between the two countries because at the moment the risks of escalating are getting extremely high Um, not just because of relationships between the two countries but also because this is now spilling over into a technology war as well. Absolutely and do you think these are sort of tectonic shifts uh, uh, that are going to be irreversible? The word tech Tonic is appropriate there. Um, And yes, tectonic they are, because what's happening at the moment actually is a a shift um, in power relations across the world. And we're seeing this play out in trade terms. So you're seeing China becoming a bigger exporter of um, things like aerospace, tech-related sectors. Um, You've got Made in China 2025, which is all about manufacturing and trade, but is a direct threat to um, US interests. the US national strategy, which was published nearly two years ago now, really is being implemented. And that is being implemented in a way that is profoundly going to affect trade. Reason why? Because trade by the US is being used as a tool for achieving its strategic foreign policy objectives, which is really to recalibrate the rules of the world trade system. Maybe we can move a little bit on to the other countries that are being affected by this this particular nexus, uh, perhaps uh, looking at Europe more generally. Uh, is, are trade wars the main driver in Europe? Trade wars 
are a significant driver in Europe. You've also got um, a slowing, an economic slowing in demand in Asia generally, which is affecting European exports. The figures go up and down, which is quite interesting. So um, for, for um, Europe and particularly for Germany, you've had some very mixed results. You've had slowing industrial production, slowing exports, and then they pick up again um, when analysts are least expecting it. So the picture isn't a straightforward one, and it does seem to be associated with um, the amount that China is demanding at the moment. And that, of course, is associated with trade wars, but it's also to do with a bigger picture of uncertainty um, and a, a less spectacular Chinese economic growth rate than we've, we've had over the last few years. How are other countries being affected by the relative changes in China? Um, we, we looked at ASEAN uh, last time around, but they were being quite, opt uh, quite optimistic when we last spoke. The ASEAN regions are optimistic, and particularly Vietnam is benefiting from, um, from the fact that uh, China is moving its supply chains around. Now, this has been a story of the last two or three years. This isn't a recent one. Um, it's being helped and it's getting higher coverage at the moment in the press and also in our data because um, it's obvious that, um, that China wants to look as though it's being more affected by, by the trade wars in order to make a point politically. Um, but countries like Vietnam, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines are actually all beginning to, to benefit. And as I said last time, what we're beginning to see um, is that exports from the region to Europe and beyond, and this trend has continued, are going up. So, um, And they're not just in the intermediate sectors, they're in the high-end sectors as well. We're also seeing changes in demands from goods from Africa and uh, Middle East. Uh, how's that picture looking at the moment? I think when you look at Africa and the Middle East, um, it's important to remember there are lots of countries involved, there are lots of political things that are involved, and um, predominantly the one thing that binds all of those nations is the fact that they are reliant on commodities. So in export terms, uh, they rely on commodity prices, that affects their economic well-being, and it's something that... Um, they're never going to escape from in the near term. This dependency on oil prices and the politics of the region are very profound. However, if you look at imports rather than exports, and this is where it starts to get interesting, if you look at imports rather than exports, what you, what you are seeing um, is more demand for um, infrastructure type products products, um, so electronics and uh, communications and so on, very important across Africa and the Middle East as well. You're beginning to see increased demand um, for shipping and transportation, for example, in Djibouti and places like that, where you've got investment coming in from the Chinese around infrastructure. Those are, those are sectors that are all growing. So it's actually the demand side of the region that's changing, which we measure through imports rather than exports. Um, and that suggests that there is um, a shifting pattern that's beginning to emerge. A lot of that, again, comes from um, the investments that China has been putting into the region over the last couple of years. And moving on to the Americas, are we seeing any form of Pacific improvement with the China relationships with the Americas, or is that next power still wholly dominated by the US? 
Um, I think I'd say that that nexus of power is wholly dominated by the US and we're seeing that um, we're seeing that in the agreements that are um, being brokered outside of um, the UXMA, the US, Canada, Mexico agreement outside of which still hasn't gone through Congress. Outside of that, what we're actually seeing is the US becoming more belligerent within the region and using tariffs. Um, as a mechanism for achieving homeland security objectives, which is one of the most remarkable things to have happened over the last uh, three months since, since we last spoke. What happened actually um, there is that the US used uh, uh, the threat of imposing tariffs on Mexican imports to coerce Mexico into changing its immigration policy. Now that's something that we haven't seen. The, the other problem with that whole region is that the US has a lot of supply chain power. It has a lot of energy power as well. Um, and it's, it's beginning to try and recalibrate those relationships. And this is turning into a political battle within the US because we still haven't seen the agreement go through uh, Congress and um, that's taking a very long time. So in actual fact, while it looks like um, there are agreements that have settled the whole set of tensions down, there are things that are bubbling under to the surface that mean that the US is still keeping hold of the reins very definitely. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you.